He is a, uh, an author, filmmaker, musician. I uh, want to call him a, a renaissance man. Uh, I know he's been dubbed the godfather of Canadian indie music, but he's also been blogging wow. for HockeyCanada.ca. Sochi by Couch. Follow him on Twitter at HockeyAsk. Let's bring in Dave Bedini. Good evening, Dave. Hello, gentlemen. How are you, sir? I'm well. You guys? Uh, catching our breath after a crazy two and a half weeks. It was a fun, crazy, good time staying inside with the drapes drawn and the lights low. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was, uh, there's, there was a lot of dirty plates. And it was good. It was a primal couple of weeks, for sure. It was fun. It was, uh, there was so much talk before the games about the political side. And, you know, and obviously that side is hugely important, but... It, also, it's great to see these athletes who aren't in the limelight, and, and obviously we'll get to the hockey players who are always in the limelight, but it's so nice to see these people who aren't famous, who aren't stars, and then for two weeks they become the conversation throughout the whole country. I guess. I actually truly felt that athletics let us down over the last couple of weeks. How so? With you. I mean, I thought there was the perfect opportunity to make some kind of a statement or address on the nature of um, LGBT rights yeah. in Russia, um, and it wouldn't have taken much. Um, what, there, was, listen, there was not a single gesture in over, what, the 400 events that were uh, staged over the course of two weeks. And I really do, I do feel like athletics and sports let the world down. Yeah, all of that stu- stuff, I mean, listen, I, I believe in the romance of sports and the glory and beauty of it, and I think it's important, certainly important to us. It pulls groups of people together at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch hockey. It's beautiful, but at the same time, I thought it was very, very hollow. But why is that on, like... Nobody had the guts to address this issue. But why is that on, like, 19-year-old Dara Howell from from Muskoka? Like, I... I... Well, they're citizens of the world, though. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Um, You know, people who uh, compete in, in amateur athletics like to comport themselves. Uh, that whole culture likes to um, draw that comparison to the everyday. I mean, we are drawn to sports uh, ostensibly because of the because of the every every man because we can see the and that's one of the great things about amateur athletics. We think that you know right the the range right across the world. You see that person who's had to struggle to get to, to where they are um, while living a relatively sort of normal kind of common life. Um, but it's up to the people, like, like the citizens and the, the people of our world, to, to speak out when, when bad shit is happening. And a lot of bad shit is happening in Russia and has happened. A ton so is. I, a I ton think, is. Uh, sorry? Uh, no, a, a ton of, of bad shit is happening in Russia. Don't get me wrong. And mm-hmm. it's happening across the world. And there are states in the U.S. that have laws that are equally uh, oppressive as Russia's towards uh, people in the LGBTQ community. There was an athlete... In uh, in Sochi, a Canadian snowboarder named Michael Lambert. I don't know if you ended up yep, seeing what he was doing yep. and following him on Twitter. Well, right, right. And the and this gets back to the media too. I mean, I think there were certain members of the media that you know talked about and did sort of paint a very vivid picture of life in Russia today. But he was right when Michael asked the press gallery, "Don't you want to ask me a real question? Don't you <laughs> want me to? Don't you want? Don't you want my opinions on where?" And where I stand on this issue, nobody was asking any of the athletes that. Everybody was swept up into the romance of the Olympics. And don't get me wrong, I love sport and I love the competition. I thought it was a great Olympics in a lot of ways, but it was also a, it was a hollow Olympics. It was an Olympics oh, that yeah. never should have been staged in that country. Well, of course, place. of course, you know, I, it was the Disney up, Olympics. Yeah, sure, exactly. And I, you know, so many of my friends 
who are there are disappointed because they never really got a chance to go to Russia. That's because you're in, you're in the Olympic Park in Sochi. It's a different thing. Um, but that, I think, is a little bit of another issue. So, you know, I just really... I think that that whole the sense of romance in the games was was leavened by the fact that uh, that no, but not uh, you know, out of thousands, we saw that the the that gay parade of athletes into the uh, you know into the uh, stadium uh, for the closing ceremonies. Everybody with a huge smile on their face. Yeah, you know, it was a grim it was a grim Olympics in many many ways because of the place where it was taking place. And, and and we're in conversation with Dave Bedini on uh, Game Night OT on TSN 690, and I kind of feel like I just had a cold shower or something. It, <laughs> y- you just smacked me in the face with reality, and it's true. We spent so much time in the lead-up to this Olympics talking about all of the ills and all of the wrongs. And, you know, for me, it was like one of the, my lasting memories from these Olympics that isn't that rosy, sunny awesomeness is um, Marcelo Bu bear-hugging uh, Vladimir no. Putin. <laughs> like yeah. that that to me is a little bit weird but i also feel like right. you know back in the day when people went to cuba if they saw fidel they'd grab a selfie you know you'd see um yeah sure uh, right and you'd well rob ford right um, right you'd see uh yeah you know vladimir putin shows up at hockey or hockey or molson canadian house or whatever canada house or whatever it is and you know uh there was one of the snowboarder i think who you know said he made the comment about you know yeah I wish she was my valentine or something yeah. like that yeah and then she retracted it well i mean there's a perfect opportunity to like talk about why she feels like she was wrong in saying what she said but mm-hmm. nobody did that but yeah it was a salmon run everybody trying to get their photo with this evil genius you know and um <laughs> so yeah it's a tough one i mean really yeah i was blogging mostly about the hockey team right and, and I'll tell uh-huh. you, Dave, I think that if it was going to be on anyone, it was going to be on the hockey team. Yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah, how it's yeah. on the, um, sure. I, I mean, the most famous Canadian athlete outside of that hockey team would probably be like Patrick Chan or Kaylee Humphreys or whoever. The, no these, the, But they don't, they rely on sponsors. Mm. And the, everything they do relies on Rona Depot or Home Hardware or Tim Hortons or BMW. Well, all, all I have to say is it didn't hurt Bill Russell. It didn't hurt Muhammad Ali. No, all no, of it the didn't. great trailblazers. I mean, these people are superstars in their sports. It's not like they were, you know, uh, unheralded athletes scrambling, you know, to to make a mark. No, but I thought and, it should have been on the millionaire hockey players, and it th- I thought that would have been the perfect opportunity. That's when the most yeah, eyeballs are on it. It would have been a real outlier, unfortunately. Um, because, and I do think I think amateur athletes have a lot more freedom. Um, just because they aren't, you know, they haven't been micromanaged. They don't have a- agents, you know, in their pants telling them what to do every second. Hmm. Um, th- there's not the oppressiveness of the, you know, of professional uh, sporting culture where anybody is terrified for uh, of saying or doing something they shouldn't say. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, again, I, I, I'm, I'm not bringing, raising this, this argument necessarily to diminish the, the achievements and, and, it was like we, you know, we talked about the top of the conversation. It was a blast. It it was really super fun, and I think uh, you know there's a lot to be said for Canadian performance. Uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and how it's sort of you know it's three Olympics in a row with you know plus twenty two medals, twenty four medals. You know, establishes this as kind of this winter superpower, I suppose, winter sports superpower. And at the end of the day, like I had friends friend of mine who's not really a sports fan at all said 
he was getting up every morning. The first thing he was doing was checking like the medals table, right? Because winning is a lot more fun than losing, yeah. ultimately. And there was definitely part of that to to to, for, for, to to involve you and engage you. But I also do I do think it was important to just sort of remember all because it was you're right before the game started it was all about what's going to happen in Sochi how is this all going to be play 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 out and it, it it didn't play out at all. Jay. Uh, Dave, yeah, and that, that's kind of the thing that I was getting into. For me, the Olympics are all about the individual and what the individual does, how the individual performs and what they say and what they do. Obviously, you know, these are now the corporate Olympics, as 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 Dave mentioned. He's, you know, there is a lot at stake uh, when Tommy Smith and John Carlos yeah. did their yeah. little sign in 1960. They paid for that. They, they were kicked out and, you know, forever uh, thrown under the rug. Right. So is that the reason why we're not seeing any kind of I mean there there wasn't even it it doesn't have to be something that that is so extreme mm-hmm. that it's well, going to yeah. set everybody right. on their ass, you know? It's got to be maybe even the slightest gesture and we didn't even see any of that. And not only that, just one more point is yeah. the you know, I saw several stories uh, little featurettes on people who had met, met Putin when he was walking around, going to all the different houses and stuff. And in the media, there was nothing but praise and people just freaking out and celebrating as, you know, I mean, right. It, 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 you know, it's, 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 it was, it's shocking. It was shocking how you're right. How there wasn't just a, you know, single slightest fleeting gesture. Um, you know, and guys, I, you know, uh, sort of wading into a lot of different kind of, you know, uh, cultural scenes or, you know, groups of people in, in, in Toronto and across Canada, um, especially in literature, where, you know, people do, uh, in the literary community, glance at me sideways because I spend a lot of time writing about sports and they do look at me as if I work in the toy department, which is what, you know, hmm. Dick Beddoes and Scott Young used to call the sports department, the Globe and Mail. And, you know, for me to be able to say to them, look, but look what sports did on this scale. Look what a sportsman did. Well, in the hot light of the Olympics, look what they did to raise awareness. By none of that happening, it almost sort of proves their suspicion and their mistrust uh, of that of that realm uh, because it seems we've slid way back. I mean, uh, athletes were way more proto. Uh, uh, political and socially conscious in the in the sixties and throughout the seventies, and if that's just tightened up right across the board, and it's too bad because I like to believe like there's so many great characteristics and qualities that people in sports embody. You know, courage and overcoming hardship. You know, and rising above one's own you know uh, shortcomings to fulfill their dream. All of that is beautiful. It's just missing that extra. You know, there's so much more that 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 could be uh, that could be done. That that falls in line with a lot of that, I think. I think uh, we need to p- point those people in the direction of uh, Bruce Arthur and Dave Zirin and uh, guys like Bob Lipsight, who uh, still give meaning to sports journalism and inspire Jay and I to to do our best and not just talk about who should be playing on the third line. Of course, yeah. There's always deeper, deeper elements for sure. Uh, Dave, it's killing me that we're running out of time. I really want to talk to you about uh, your friend Paul Corrington and the rink that you put up for him. Yeah, we did that on Saturday afternoon out here at uh, a little rink by the lake on Lake Ontario. 
um, yeah, it was great. It was a beautiful afternoon, um, and we had an unveiling, um, and it wasn't hard to get done. I contacted somebody at city council, and I was put onto the council for the ward uh, where the rink is, and as soon as I kind of tabled the idea to Pam McConnell, who's actually, she was the small um, counselor that Rob Ford knocked down. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Pam's great. She, she's known um, uh, Neil Young's family for 50 years. And oh, wherever wow. Neil travels, she's always on the guest list. She's on the family list. So she's totally cool. But she, um, yeah, getting getting it through council at her behest was not a problem because everybody loved Paul and everybody knew it was a great idea. So it, it happened. You have to come and skate there one of these winters. 100%, man. Yeah. You have to come to Montreal. It has been way too I long know, since you've done I a know, show guys. here. It's so true. I'll, uh, I'll start bugging you again, and I uh, yep. thank you so much for your time, Dave. Really yeah, appreciate it. Guys. Okay. We'll speak soon. Yep. There he goes, Dave Bedini.